Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And don't be going on Twitter with your fucking fishing hooks and telling me that that was a thing. He's going into Tesco, right, and he's looking at the baked beans and then out of hands. He's not buying the fucking Tesco that's, value that's ones. It. He's going to wait till he walk that's down it. the next shop and he'll get his hands baked beans that's and he'll exactly eat them, you know what I mean? Perry Edwards in the way, and I was like, that was the bird that I was speaking <laughs> of there. Didn't even know it, like, she's fantastic. Welcome back to the Coplight Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Mick. And we're here in studio with a special guest. Chris Bajak from Red Men TV. Yeah, nice one for having me, lads. Oh, thanks for coming on. Thanks very much. It's great, great to have you here, to be honest. Watching your, your show for ages. Have you, yeah. We've been doing it a long time, mate. Yeah. It has been a long time, hasn't it? It has. Um, so I think we'll just get into what we usually get up, talk about the latest match, Palace 4-3. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on it? You know, when I was in the ground, I was... I was nervous, more nervous than the lads that I was speaking to, to be honest with you. I thought we controlled the game quite well. Um, you know, I was surprised that we went in 1-0 down and stuff, but it felt like that goal that we conceded to me. It was like, I, I was stood in the cop, 207, and we were like baying for blood, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like go ahead, you know, when we started pressing high yeah. up the pitch and stuff, <laughs> and it felt like we kind of egged them on a little bit in yeah. that regard, yeah. and we lost a little bit of shape, and, you know, the ball goes out to to, to Zaha in the end, who, who stands Milner up brilliantly, puts a great ball across in. It didn't feel like we should have gone in 1-0 down. I thought yeah. we created enough opportunities to at least be level in that game, probably enough to, to go ahead. And it felt like, if you take the... The control of the game, it felt like a 2 0 win to Liverpool, but it just wasn't. Yeah, it was a mental mean. game of football where you, you're almost harking back to two years ago, Liverpool. Yeah, Rogers so, Liverpool exactly. sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, like I completely agree. Like with the with the pressing thing, I was watching on TV, I was getting really excited with the pressing. I was like, oh look, we're, we're gonna get the ball, gonna get the ball, gonna get the ball. And when they lobbed it out to Salad, sort of the camera panned, and then you just saw there was no one in midfield. And from that point on you knew okay, we're, in tr- we're in trouble here. And then he sort of he skipped past Milner with ease. I mean, obviously, no fault of Milner. He's, what, he's 32, 33. Yeah. Slow. He's not going to keep up with Zaha. It's quite easy. And then when the ball went in the box and Townsend was there, he sort of knew what was going to happen. And I, I was sort of scared at that point because obviously what they'd done to City, I thought, oh, they're already playing defensive. They're just going to sit back 11 men behind the ball. And that's what they did. And when we went in one little down, I thought, oh, this is going to get complicated now. But I'm obviously relieved, very relieved. What did you think? Like, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought, if being picky, I think Allison probably should have done better, better. I think you said that in the player ratings, Chris. Uh, I think we've he's he's we we expect a certain level from him now because he's mm. he's that good. And I've bar in the Leicester game where he he messed up a bit with um, their goal, one of their goals. 
he's been like one of our best players, and like he's, it, the level of his performances have been unbelievable. But I think that was probably his worst game in terms of he didn't seem on on yeah. the ball as much. Yeah, agree, his distribution yeah. wasn't as good as normal. I don't think, and yeah. I think you can ask questions of whether he should have been uh, doing better against the Andros Townsend goal. Probably the Max Meyer goal as well. Like yeah. I'm yeah, not he sure he could do anything the, about the Tompkins one. A bit of a hand to the Max Meyer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. You know, I think maybe it is us being picky on that, but that's the bar that he set that's himself, it. isn't that's it? You know it, what I mean? Yeah. You, you're, when when you, we've clearly got a world class goalkeeper, yeah, so yeah. when he doesn't perform at a world class level, you're like, oh, fucking hell, that's what's it. going on there? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. I mean, yeah. Like, but um, I, I, I don't know whether I don't know whether we are being a little bit harsh there because it's low, it's down to his right hand mm. side, it's it's a tough one to ask, but yeah. he's world class, so, and you, you've seen David De Gea make saves like that, yeah. and you kind of expect that Alisson can you've do the same. You've seen Alisson made like little last ditch saves, he's just dived across goal and just pulled it out the bag, so you sort of, you thought he could do it. The thing that sort of gives me hope is that if this was Mingule in goal, we wouldn't really be disappointed, would we? No. We'd sort of, we'd be like, well, what do you expect, it's Mingule in goal. Yeah. So the bar he set is very high, and I'm, I'm like, like he did with Leicester, I'm pretty sure he'll just brush it under the carpet yeah, and he, he'll just move on. He, he makes that incredible throw to, is it Robertson? Yeah. yeah. For the fourth goal. Yeah. I mean, that was in a game when I, I would say his distribution was probably the worst that we've seen, to be honest. Yeah. He wasn't as much yeah. of a factor. Um, so he's still able, with that elite mentality, to pull something off the bag late on in the game, and that's what you need in a goalkeeper, isn't it? He's done that, what, three, four times that he's just picked the ball up when everyone's sort of relaxed, lobbed it forward, and we've got a goal within two passes. Yeah. That, that, that's vital to this season. That, that, I think that's helped us crack a lot of teams like Palace. Did against Fulham, didn't it? Where Fulham had that disallowed goal and everyone was sort of shaking their heads and yeah. he just went off. That is... haven't seen that since Rainer. No. And even then, Rainer did it... A few times. Yeah, Rainer was brilliant for two seasons, maybe three seasons. Yeah. I think it's been a problem position for years and years and years. And I think we look back at Rainer sometimes and we, and we, we think how good is distribution was I think Allison's on a completely different oh, level yes. to him yeah, yeah. you know what I mean I it's like me and Paul were talking about the other week on one of our shows it's like Gary Neville was a great fullback in the Premier League at his time but now if you put him in there yeah. he'd look bang average yeah. defensively sound still yeah. but bang average in what his ability on the ball compared to someone like a Trent Alexander-Arnold or something and I think if you put Rainer side by side with Allison, Allison's different class yeah yeah it's hard to disagree with that completely um, what else have we got? We've got, we got? Well, the good news, I suppose, I think Robinson played quite well. People were giving him a bit of stick. I thought he did all right. Again, I didn't think he played too badly, but he's tied down five years now. That I think that's immense. Because I think left-back's been, as, as bad as goalkeeping at uh, that position's been, left-back's been a problem for us for a while now, I think. We, we, have, we had Enrique that had a good, few good years, but then he sort of took a dip because he got, he got injured, then he got sick, didn't he? And Moreno sort of had... Garbage. Uh, yeah, absolute garbage. <laughs> I think Moreno had he had that amazing start. He scored against Tottenham, then he was sort of all right, and they just imploded for him at Europa League final when we played against Seville, and it's just gone downhill from there. Sort of feel bad for the lad, but at the same time, if you can't cut it, you can't cut it, can you? He's, I don't think he's good enough to be a Liverpool player. No. And, and listen, he's a, he's clearly a good footballer. You know, I think we're quite quick sometimes to to jump on players and stuff like that. But our aspirations of, are of league winners. He is not good enough to be a left-back in a league-winning side in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Nathaniel Klein's good enough to be a right-back in a Premier League-winning side the way yeah. that we play like Liverpool. For however good John Arnarisa was, he wasn't good enough to be at the absolute top table and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Robertson is. 
Robertson doesn't look out of place and wouldn't look out of place in any side in, in no. world football because of his ability on the ball, his ability defensively, his heart, his determination, everything that he puts into it. So, listen, you look at Mignolet, you look at Klein, you look at maybe Joe Matip, Dejan Lovren, Alberto Moreno, that back five, and goalkeeper included, was good enough for us to secure top four. But it's ne- it was never going to be good enough for us to win the league. That's, that's yeah. why we've upgraded all of them, lads. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's why the good thing about Klopp, like he identifies the targets. I've mentioned it before. He won't back down on a certain person if, like, like even if they're similar, he wants if he wants a certain player, he'll go for them because like he, Van Dijk. He, he, yeah, yeah exactly, that's yeah. it. He won't back down. He won't go for a similar person because he. So obviously, there's a lot of. A lot of scouting goes into what what he needs and what what they like as a person and what they can bring to the dressing room as well, not just on the pitch. I think that's what we're seeing, like with Robertson and Oakley Chamberlain, uh, Allison's come in and he's made the big impact. Them, them type of players, they, they they gel together nicely, and that's what we we, we need that more elite mentality in the squad. Absolutely, they bring it. Absolutely, he's going into Tesco right, and he's looking at the baked beans and they're out of hands. He's not buying the fucking Tesco <laughs> value ones. <laughs> He's going to wait, he'll walk That's down the it. next shop and he'll get his Heinz baked beans That's and he'll exactly eat them, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think Dirk would have been a bit suspect of recent years, so we want this guy, oh, we're not going to get him, all right, we'll get him. And it's good to see that now, all right, we want him, we're going to get him, and, that, and that's how we've got to where we are. Like Van Dijk, he wouldn't come in summer, for whatever reason that was, but Southampton being... Pricks or well, it was totally our bad that wasn't yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so he waited. He got him in January and, and he smashed it. Same with Allison. It was going to happen. Apparently, it wasn't going to happen. Deal was off. Then it happened again. Like it's got to the stage now that I've just stopped doubting. When Klopp's interested in a player, I don't care who he is, what he's done in the past. You want him, just get him. I've got full you, faith now. If you believe in Jurgen Klopp as a manager, you've got to back his decisions, yeah. whether you understand them or you don't. The yeah. fact is, he's the manager of Liverpool Football Club. He's probably forgotten more about football than we've ever known. He clearly good at his job he knows what he's doing and everybody trusts him so don't doubt him yeah yeah I agree completely we were on we were were talking about Palace so we got back into it (laughs) we got back into it lucky goal by Salah or you want to say brilliant through brilliant ball by Virgil (laughs) I think he he meant it Um, good goal by Salah do you reckon he meant that yeah I, I reckon there's a few players on the pitch that would try something like that. Him and Bobby Firmino are the two that stand yeah. out. And I think Salah knows what he's doing on a football field at all times. I think, you know, the finish is absolutely unbelievable. I think there were so many people in the cop thinking, what the fuck is this lad doing <laughs> yeah. here? Like, but he's an elite player and he knows where the back of the net is. And for him to get that ball in the back of the net, that outside of the boot karate kick or whatever he's done is the way to do it. And like, I would yeah. never think of doing that. You know what yeah. I mean? I'd be looking at trying to bring the ball down and pass it across the box. Because Mane was literally yeah, there, wasn't he? Was he? Just, he could have just knocked it across, but like he said, he's, he knows where the back of the net is and he, he needs to, to keep bagging them. And so. Virgil knocking it on to... In, into other players that's becoming his trademark he did that against Everton you know yeah. what I mean and now he's done it here like and yeah. uh, poor old blue noses <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Bobby there for me Bobby's my favourite player like Salah gets all the plaudits but I love Firmino I think you take him out that side and you notice it more or just as much as Van Dijk because I think our attack hinges on Bobby just the way he brings everyone in what do you reckon do you think I'm talking absolute rubbish no no not at all like <laughs> Uh, listen, Bobby for me knows I love him. I love him to pieces. Like I think he's massively important to everything that we do, and it's no coincidence for me that over the last two months the attack started to click because I think Bobby for me understands his role in the team more. Yeah. I think we saw 
the best Bobby Firmino in that number nine position last season with Salah on the right and Mane on the left hand side and there's a period of adaptation this season when we move to that 4-2-3-1 Bobby Firmino now looks like he knows exactly what that role that he's doing in that role and everything else is coming off the back of it he's bringing players in isn't yeah. he? you know those little one-twos yeah. that he's doing and he's dropping deep to pick the ball up in the middle of the park and it's not about the, the quick transitions like it was last season from defence to attack it's more possession based build up but Bobby Firmino dropping deep playing those one-twos looking to get in behind that's what is making this attack click right now yeah he's doing a perfect yeah, he can control anything you could fire any ball into him and he'd have it down like that yeah like, there was one immense I can't remember what game it was. It might have been the Brighton game where he takes it on his chest on the right-hand corner of the penalty area, spins around and first time kicks it to Andy Robertson. And I, I, I do a stats and tactics show on, the, on our website and stuff and I, I played that about six times because A, it's unbelievable. B, it's dead easy for him. Mm. And like I'm looking at thinking exactly. there's no other player on the pitch that can do that yeah. and he's making it look dead easy. Yeah, he he's just on another level. Yeah. Well, he got he got us ahead. Um... I think Palace, that was very sloppy defending, leaving a player like Firmino with that much space in the box. Granted, he got a bit lucky with the strike. You need a bit of luck. Yeah, sometimes. absolutely. In that, in that area of the pitch, I mean, Mick, you know, like, you see players take shots from that all the time. Don't you? We've seen it over the yeah. years where I always think Joe Cole gets to deflect the goals all the time. You've got to be in the area That's to exactly take the shot. Right. Yeah. Frank Lampard made the career on deflecting goals, didn't he? Yeah. Big <laughs> <laughs> there. I mean, you've got to shoot, you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery, as they say. There you go. Yeah, a little bit of FIFA commentary there. Is <laughs> <laughs> that FIFA, is it? <laughs> don't say that on Pro Evo Live. <laughs> so that was then 2 1, got to 2 2. Were you at all worried at 2 2? Um, yeah, I was. Again, it comes back to I was nervous, but. The, it's nerves, not not because I don't trust this side, not because I don't think this side's good enough to go and beat Crystal Palace. It's nerves because of how important every game is at the moment. And yeah. you, you, the little devils on your shoulder going, you know, City have got Huddersfield tomorrow and they're rubberless yeah. like, mm-hmm. and they're shite. And, you know, they've got no strikers who can score goals. And Man City are going to probably put about seven past them and we're drawing to all the Palace and Palace beat. Manchester City and all that type of stuff so you're thinking not again not now please not again yeah, not no, fucking yeah. Cristian Bull all <laughs> yeah. over again and they're the, they're the things that I can't help but think when a game of football is on That's but it. it was nice to see the attack bail out the defence for the first time in ages this season I mean the defence probably had one of their worst days and now there's, there's reasons for that but you know, all three of our our main players, Firmino, Salah, Mane, all get goals. And the defensive fuming that they, they've conceded, as many as they have, but they know they can trust the lads up at the top of the pitch because we're a complete side. Yeah. And that's what complete sides do. And title winning form, it's mentioned all the time. You can you have to get through games where you struggle sometimes, don't you? Yeah. And this is one of those games where we've struggled. We maybe shouldn't have, but it happens. We're through it. We'll be stronger for it. We'll be better for it because now it's like, all right, yeah. You know what? Liverpool scored four goals in one half of football there. Yeah, no one's yeah. talking about that. Yeah, we come out, we were one nil down, and we scored four goals yeah. and won the game. Sound. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it before that this season the defence has been bailing out the attack a bit. Like we've maybe missed a couple of chances in there. Last minute, Allison makes a massive save, or Virgil gets a block, or or Fabi gets in there. It was nice to see that this year because the attack has been kind of criticised this year. Everyone yeah. sort of, even though we're scoring similar amounts of goals to last year, we're not blowing teams away like we were last year with the hectic football attacks getting a bit of stick for it but now the attack's shown that when they need to yeah we can still do what we did last year so it is sort of good to see it does sort of a bit of fear factor to other teams like you're going to get a goal maybe if you're lucky you'll get a goal against us 
we could still score three past you. Crystal Palace would be fucking gutted scoring three goals and not winning a game of football. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, yeah. and rightfully so yeah. they're the first team I mean, we conceded three goals at Anfield in the league all season up until that game they go and double that tally of goals conceded at Anfield yeah. in the league and they don't even win the points they <laughs> don't even get eight points they get sent home packing with that fucking knobhead of a manager <laughs> oh boy <laughs> that's it years gone by it's like better than us as Liverpool fans we always, we're always fearing the worst mm. because of what's gone on the years gone by like heartbreak with yeah, it's going to win the title and it doesn't end up happening and just doubt just creeps in all the time doesn't it but I think finally we've got a team defensively sound and going forward we're still doing the business and it's great to see and lovely to see Roy Hodgson crying <laughs> absolutely like and then that fucking did you see the Rio Ferdinand stuff after the game and all he yeah, was yeah. spouting on about about yeah. you know Liverpool conceded too many goals and all this type of stuff yeah. are you on crack lad <laughs> <laughs> you're a man like, but you just have to look at the goals conceded Colin to know you're talking out your ass this time. and don't be going on Twitter with your fucking fishing hooks and telling me that that was a thing Yeah, you just you made a fuck up you put fishing hooks out and you said oh yeah I was baiting everyone fuck off lad you yeah. have no clue That's it. terrible analysis <laughs> by him like. it's so good seeing the United pundits how <laughs> Like annoyed they look that Liverpool Skulls is the best yeah. Skulls just can't handle it <laughs> <laughs> fucking hates it like, and he hates the Man United side because he thinks they're shit as well like, yeah. it's brilliant it's always too nice just like for us for yeah. so long yeah. it's yeah. what Lawrence and just I think Mark Lawrence hates football to be honest with you he hates life he does I think he just fucking hates football like, and, he, and he still has to turn up to, to, to get his shopping money every week and stuff and you think Mark just give it a rest mate <laughs> bring back Alan Hansen <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so then we got third goal put us ahead Salah and then I got quite frustrated with Mane like I think he did well but moments before he scored the fourth goal and eventually came to be the winner he did miss quite a decent opportunity well, he, the commentary was saying that he fouled Wan-Bissaka but he, the referee didn't blow and he was kind of through on goal he's done a bit of that this year hasn't he? I don't even remember this one to be honest do you? I'm, try- I'm trying to remember like <laughs> it was like sort of lobbed forward yeah. and it was Mane and Salah with Juan Bissaka and I think it was Milivojevic in between and Bissaka fell over Mane had it ran into the box and just scuffed it wide it sounds like something Mane would do yeah. I, don't, I literally don't remember it but Mane's the most frustrating world class player I think yeah. I've ever watched like I mean yeah. you, you look at st- some of the finishes that he makes that finish for the fourth is absolutely yeah, it's, it's Terry Henry stuff yeah. you know that's what he made a living that's out right. of for Arsenal isn't it those type of finishes from that area of the yeah. field and you know you get him six yards out in front of goal and he, he misses the target and you're like man hey, what are you doing lad mm. it, it's just he's, he's a frustrating player but he truly is world class because he creates so many opportunities and creates so much space for other players for the likes of Firmino for the likes of Salah there he's a massive part of this side and the front three just wouldn't be the front three without him no, that's, wouldn't. that's, as, as of, that's like Michael Owen shit that isn't it <laughs> yeah, like, you've got to score more goals than they do but it, like, I think he put another player in there and we're not the same because Mane takes so much attention of other players I think he's brilliant Like, but he, he, he does frustrate you more than probably any other player in the field, on the field for us Who do you reckon has got a worse first touch Lukaku or Mane? <laughs> I don't think it's Manny's first touch that's the problem. I just think he doesn't know what he's about to do sometimes. I think yeah. he decides when the ball's at his feet. like. Yeah. But then, equally, when you're defending against someone like that, if he doesn't know what he's going to do, how are you going to... Yeah, you've got yeah. no chance. Like, Lukaku's first touch is bad, like, in it. I think their <laughs> couch was bad because his second was always a tackle. <laughs> 
Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think I think Marnie's a well better player than we give him credit for. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. He, he did. He is such high quality. The same thing as Allison's performance. He set the bar so high that any little mistake, I think everyone sort of hinges on that. Like if he wouldn't have scored the winning goal, I think he would have got a lot of stick this weekend. Probably, yeah. He, he seems to be that type of a player because it's frustrating because he gets in those opportunities. He gets in the, in the right areas, the field yeah. all the time, doesn't he, to finish the game. And, but he scores important goals for us as well. Mm-hmm. That, that can't be forgotten. Like, the goals that he does that, does make. And I think back to that Champions League run and, you know, some of the goals that he scored during that season were, you know, massively important goals for us. And he's in the top ten Premier League top scorers. We're the only side with three players in that top ten. And we've got, obviously got Salah leading the way I think Firmino's on 9 in the Premier League and maybe Mane's on 8 or something yeah. and he rounds off the top 10 so the front 3 are all scoring goals and we're not talking about like we were a month ago where we're saying like when it clicks we're going to be brilliant the lads are scoring goals yeah, now and, yeah. and, and for the most part we've kept it shut at the back as well yeah, it's just a blip in it just because there's so many factors okay Matt Ips, first time back to injury, second time back. First, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got Miller right back. That doesn't sort of help the situation, does it, in defence? When Gomez is back, when Trent's back, that unit's going to be a lot more solid than it, than it was this weekend. But even now, Klopp's got basically two weeks to work with this defence. They're going to be a lot more solid when they play Leicester than they were against Crystal Palace. The question is who's playing in that, at that right back berth, yeah. isn't it? I mm. mean, obviously Milner's going to be suspended for that game and I don't think Trent will be fit. I'm not sure whether Joe Gomez will be fit. Hopefully he will be. The question really is if Milner's not available and let's say Gomez isn't back, who's playing? Who's playing right back? Is it, is it, is it Fabinho? Is it Rafa Camacho? Is it Kiana Hover? That's the question that I think you've got to ask yourself or does he switch it to three at the back? I can't see him doing mm. that. We're kind of thin on the ground there. Who's yours? I think um, Fabinho will probably slot in there, but he, I think, did he get an injury at the end of the game? Did he get like yeah, a. Did. Yeah, he so. A knock. I, I mean, it's, it, it is a tricky one. We're, we're having to put Camacho in there because I, I know at home you, you, can, you can do a job. Like if it was away from home, I'd be worried a little bit about him, but we are a little bit thin on the ground in there, especially if Gomez is out because obviously you can, we can put him there as well, but you know, I don't like. Gomez on the mm. at right back to be it to be fair, but how come? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If he doesn't offer. Well, he doesn't offer much going forward. I know he's solid defensively. Yeah. I think we've just come like Trent's got goes that far forward and so offensively got sound going forward. He's obviously he's a bit cheeky defensively, but I think Gomez is a bit a bit similar to the Klein full back, whereas he doesn't offer much. He, he tries going forward, but. He's more in a bit in the big games. I, I prefer him there because he's he's better defensively. Yeah, I think uh, is, is what you're trying to get at. I suppose it's like he's doing an impression of what he thinks should be the right yeah. thing yeah. to do when he's going forward. Yeah. He knows what he's doing defensively, he but he's kind of just you know he's just filling in, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. He's not a modern fullback in any yeah. way, Joe Gomez. But I agree. I like him in the big games there. Yeah, I like him thinking about you know defensively. That's what we're doing, and you know what, we're just going to use Robertson for the for the marauding fullback yeah. in this game. I can deal with that. Like I, I, I would rather see Joe Gomez at right back against Leicester midweek next week than anybody else. Um, but if, if if he's not available, then I don't like the idea of Rafa Camacho. I think why about Camacho up against uh, Demario Gray. Yeah. I think Gray's quite tricky, and I think it would be Camacho's first Premier League start. I think he'd have enough to worry about the fact that he's got this tricky, rapid guy. That if he makes a mistake, then it's uh, Gray, Gazal, 
and Vardy running at a three-man defence. You don't really want that happening, do you? No, not at all. Like, and, uh, uh, listen, Rafa Camacho is clearly a good footballer, and I loved his performances in pre-season. But the one time that I've seen him properly this season was against Wolves, and I felt like he left Keanu Hoover out to dry far too often. Like there was times when he was just nowhere near the back yeah. line yeah he was playing at right back but not playing at right back yeah. he was up the pitch next to the strikers yeah because that's what he wants to do and that that's the thing that worries me is about our defensive stability for me has been predicated on the fact that you know we're a solid unit and each lad needs to know, knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing and you can't afford one player to <clears throat> put his maybe not maybe personal gains, not the the right way of phrasing it, but to let his attacking instincts overcome what is a group effort going back. Yeah. It's all eleven yeah. players that defend for Liverpool now, and I think that's the one concern for me if Rafa Camacho was to come in. But I'm sure, I'm sure if he was to come in, Jurgen would brief him about exactly what he wants from him. Yeah, and yeah. Virgil wouldn't let him get away with fuck all. No, either. no, I reckon <laughs> if Camacho does start, I think he'll pull Virgil to the right of defence. That's a good shot. And then because because Robertson is sound on his own, Matip can do a job. I think you'll have Virgil on that side just to keep the lad there. So I think Virgil's a lot more vocal than Matip is. And you, if anyone's shouting at you, you're going to listen to Virgil over Matip, aren't you? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything Virgil tells me <laughs> to do. I'd be scared to go forward. I've got Virgil next to me telling me to stay there. Like, I wouldn't go anywhere. So no. I think if he puts Virgil on next to Camacho, I'd be a lot more calm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Because I've not seen him play right centre half mm. for us. And no. you know, my instinct would say that he's not going to move him, but... I do like the shout of him playing alongside uh, Rafa Camacho. I actually thought at the weekend, touching back on the Crystal Palace stuff, is because James Milner played right back, that's why I thought Mane played right wing, because Anchikeri didn't get a game. Because I'm not sure. He's he's just works so hard to defend. And I think if you put Shikari ahead of a lad who doesn't play right back, you'd expose him to Wilfred Zaha a lot more. And I think that that it was very, very clever. And I think a lot of people thought, well, why is Keita getting in over Shikari? I think that's the reason. I think because Shikari doesn't play left hand side, Keita could. Mane goes there and he can help out with uh, Wilfred Zaha much more. What are your thoughts on Keita so far? I'm disappointed with him. Mm. Um, I think, you know, everybody watched the Bundesliga last season knowing that he was coming into Liverpool and, you know, he saw this tenacious midfielder who slalom down the field taking on men left, right and centre and we've just not seen that and some players take longer to adjust and adapt to the Premier League. I think the language thing's a, a big deal. I think, you know, he didn't learn English while he was on his final year at RB Leipzig by all accounts, uh, according to reports and stuff yeah. and his English still isn't very good now and I think that will have infuriated Klopp. Yeah. I think he had a year to, to, yeah. to get his his language skills up to a point where he can communicate with his teammates um, easily you don't have to know a lot of words to communicate on a football field yeah. do you you know what I mean yeah. And it, it sounds like the rumours are that he's not able to do that as well as he should be able to but you know, I, I have confidence that he's the right person for our midfield yeah, but I, I also feel like he was bought as a 4-3-3 midfielder we're not in that anymore and we're not in that anymore exactly yeah. and you know Klopp's adapted and changed the system to suit the players uh, and the opposition that we come up against week by week um, in, in a big game we've seen us flick back to that 4-3-3 might be the man in the middle there to, to do that but when we're dominating the ball and you know we've got so much of the possession Naby just feels a little bit like a luxury at the moment and mm. I think you know he's probably come in he had from the start of July to work on A is fitness and B getting the, the tactics right for the team and then he's, he's gone out of the team through injury and we've changed the formation and it's like he's got to go back to square one and it feels to me like 
it's just taken a, a, a long time to, to get used to it. And I don't even see that there's that much of an improvement over the last few weeks. And that's the that's why I'm concerned more than anything else. I'm not sure whether we'll see the best of Naby Keita this season. I think next season we will do. Yeah, definitely. It's got to be next season. As once he's finally, like I said, all of them factors coming in language and like getting used to the tactics and that. So hopefully to start the next season we can start to push on and we can start to see that marauder and centre midfield just said about, well, the, like the videos on YouTube he looks it's like a mixture of Kanza and Deco people call him <laughs> you know what I mean so we we need to see that obviously you said he's the right man because Klopp's identified him he's, he said he wants Cater so we just need to be and he patient. waited a year for him yeah. like you know what I mean yeah. and you put a lot of money down I mean he could have got injured playing for Leipzig and done his done his career could yeah. have had a career ending injury it's unlikely to happen but you know Klopp's willing to pay the money and secure the player for a year there's, there's something there and you can see that in flashes during games don't get me wrong there is something there we've got to be careful about YouTube because Danny Moxon could look good on YouTube mate Andre Varnan looked good on YouTube <laughs> let's, let's not take that uh, I never thought about the language thing but yeah that sort of makes sense now because I've noticed in games I'm not sure if you have when he gets the ball he always looks for money always does he yeah I've not and they played that. together at um, Salzburg yeah and you can see he seems a lot like, well he picks the ball up and if Mane's available that's who it goes to or um, I might be talking rubbish and I'll probably get called out by millions of Twitter followers <laughs> Twitter fans like, but millions is a bit of a stretch isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it is. Um, but yeah I saw him first match against West Ham he came on as a sub I think Start that's the yeah. um, I think he looked good because he sort of picked the ball up he had this presence about him and when he had the ball he wanted to do something and that's just sort of dropped off and I, I hope it comes back I think he's going to have a big issue with Ox coming back fit. Mm. Because if Ox is back fit, Ox starts over, over Cater. Especially on the wing or anywhere, I think Ox starts over Cater. So Cater, now he's got, apart from the fact that he's got to prove to Klopp that he can play there, he's got to prove to the other players that were already fit that he, can, he should be ahead, like Shakiri. Now he's got to contend with Chamberlain, who is pretty much a fan favourite. And a bit of a Klopp favourite now, because Chamberlain, I think, gives us that little bit extra. You excited for him? Oh, I'm pretty sure you're excited to have him come back. Obviously, yeah. mate. I, I, I Oxley Chamberlain's a top draw player. I think. You know, I was probably one of the only people that I knew from my circle of friends and stuff who was excited about Ox coming in. And I was really like, you know, to Paul and everyone. I was like, listen, he's going to come in and he's just going to light it up for us. I think I saw something that I thought Klopp had probably seen about him and his game and stuff. And it's not often I'm right on players that come in. To be fair, so I'm going to keep ramming it down people's throats that I was right this time. Um, who have you been wrong about before? Balotelli, for <laughs> massively, massively wrong about uh, Mario Balotelli. I was celebrating so hard when we signed him, and I was so so wrong on that one. And there's been loads of players down the years. Everybody does it, don't they? Uh, they get excited for some players and, and not as excited for others and stuff. But you know, Ox is Ox is brilliant, and there's still the question. Marks though about where he fits into the side. I mean, we were me and Tom were having this debate before on um, one of our shows about does he fit in a four-two-three-one? Where does he, does he take Bobby's position? Is he is he a, a part of that double pivot? But I'm not sure he is. No. I think he probably plays the ten and does Firmino go back up top? Salah back to the right hand side. So these are questions still around Alex Oxley Chamberlain that I don't think we've got the answers to yet. But you know, either way, might we go back to a four-two-three? If he's in mm-hmm. there, you know what I mean, and yeah. and then then actually, could we see the best of Naby Keita opposite well, yeah. Alex Oxley Chamberlain with someone like a Fabinho Fabian or a Wijnaldum yeah. or a Henderson in the six? So you just don't know. And uh, yeah, Wijnaldum for me, he's been my, my player of the season for now. I'm, I'm loving Genie's performances. I think he was a definite missing his palace. I, I I thought 
when when it got announced that uh, Genie was injured, for me that was a bigger blow than Trent because mm-hmm. he has been for me immense this season. Like, very know. under the radar, hasn't he? The way he goes about his game, like he just knocks players pe- people away. He just seems to hold on to the ball, but he knows when to get rid of it and what, what, like who's like no noses around him at the right time. And I think his presence was very sorely missed last game. Ryan Aldum's an absolute beast. Like he, 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 he really is. He, he never really gives the ball away. He's, he's always there, available for passes and stuff. And people, talk, I say this all the time: of players being available for passes, and that's a big thing for me. You know, you've got to get into space so that yeah. your teammate can can play the ball to you, and then you've got to do something with the ball. And he has that ability to role players using his arse and his strength, <laughs> and he'll go past them and he'll he'll move the ball forwards quickly. And in the big games this season, he's been fantastic. I mean, he's definitely up there for one of the players of the year. And you go into the season and you're thinking to yourself, is Wan Alden really going to cut it here? I mean, you know, we've just signed Fabinho, we've signed Naby Keita, um, we've got Jordan Henderson there already. Where where does he fit in? He seems to just make him. He's one of those lads. Who's seems to just thrive on other players in the squad pushing him further because he just seems to get better and better whenever you think he's going to lose his place he just looks his game like yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned Henderson there and a lot of people are going to laugh but we talked about <laughs> it before it really is starting to piss me off how much people hate Henderson like we talked about it like before we started you do the player ratings after the match and this absolute idiot compared him to Charlie Adam how ah. <laughs> oh. I think I think I think it was an idiotic stance. I don't think he was an idiot. I spoke to him after the video as well, and I actually enjoyed the conversation because it's quite. Sometimes it's quite difficult to have a conversation with someone about footy where you disagree with them, and I think sometimes it can come across like an argument. Mm. But I'm quite open in my opinions, and yeah. I don't mind being able to. They're, they're malleable, you know what I mean. If yeah. someone says something I agree with, I go, oh, you know what, that's a good point, like you know what I mean. And he said some stuff about Henderson that I completely disagree with, but there are other points that I think he probably he's probably not he's not far off the money. I don't think he was. I don't think he was right. I am very much a, a Henderson fan, and I, I do think people judge him unfairly because he's the captain of Liverpool Football Club. I think that he picked the wrong game there to have a go at Henderson yeah, about. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? I thought Henderson yeah. was up there for man of the match more than anybody definitely. else. You know, so. My girlfriend doesn't know much about football and she was saying Henderson's played really well and I was like wow nice one Ben got it right he's right (laughs) she's a keeper (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like he's getting I think we've talked we talked about it last week he's getting slated because he's not Gerard that's it and that's so unfair it is and listen (laughs) don't want Steven Gerard you know what I mean he was that good he was he was you know, he was the best midfielder in the world. He, he truly was at his peak, and you know we haven't got a player like that. Where I think to be so, even now with Salah, he's not the best player in the world. No. He's not the best player in his position. You know, there are other players, and I think Lionel Messi plays a similar role for Barcelona, doesn't he? And I think Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously at Juventus and, and stuff. But Steve Gerrard was the best centre midfielder in the world when he was playing for us. Jordan Henderson isn't the best centre midfielder in the world. I don't think he's the best centre midfielder. I'm not even sure he's the best centre midfielder in our team. Yeah. But that's not to say that he's shit. Yeah. He's still a very much an integral part of this side, and he's good on the ball. The backwards passing thing pisses me off yeah. more. If than no one's even. available. It's just forward, the same old, would you, same you old, it? isn't it? Would you just give the ball away? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's bullshit. Or, or like he said, um, he doesn't shoot. Jordan Henderson. That's not what Jordan Henderson does. Like he keeps the ball. He makes a tackle. He, he, he starts the play off like. You shouldn't be judging a player for what you want him to do, just what he's done all his career. He's not just going to take a pop from forty yards because you want him to. Because he's always going to be, he's always going to be compared to Gerard. He's going to be always tarred with the same that brush. But 
he's not that type of player, is he? Like, like I said to Matt before, before we started, he even if next season <laughs> yeah. he became Steven Gerrard like that, and he was doing everything Gerrard was doing in his peak, there'd still be people going. But he's not defending. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He yeah, did. He'd yeah. always be because the way we when we signed him, we didn't know where he was going to play. He was young. He was. We, no one was sure about him. The money we paid for him and all that, all them came into it. And I think since then, everyone just uses it as like a, a beater, a waste of beater. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's just it's it's a difficult one. But and he's he's a very good player. He is like that, that like that lad who had a go of him. Like you said, he picked the, the, the probably the worst game to do it because he was he was our best player. He's breaking up play. He was knocking it out wide, nice and quickly, get making sure people were on the ball, like get, getting it out wide, nice and quick, and getting balls into the box and stuff. And I, I just it, 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 it infuriates me. Yeah, really it's probably the most passionate player we have as well. Like you can see on his face what it means to him when he scores, when we win. Like it just he just erupts, and it's not even other fans having a go at him. Like what gets to me is that we're having a go at our own captain. That's it, the thing. It's, it's, I don't get it. He's supposed to be a supporter, first yeah. and foremost. I, I say that like I had a go at before, so apologies, Alberto. I do support, <laughs> I do support you in your uh, moves <laughs> to another club at the end of the season. And that's how I'm like, you know what I mean? But Jordan, like, I've met Jordan Henderson, I've interviewed him and stuff, and I thought he was brilliant. Like The interview that I did with him, I was so proud of. It was probably, me, it might have been my first one-on-one sit-down with a, uh, a current Liverpool player, and he was so good. Like I'd, I'd sat there and... I'd watched um, Spencer from Spencer FC interviewing first yeah, yeah. and I, I didn't think that the interview was very good. We'd been there for about two or three hours by the time Spencer's interview started. Spencer was another half an hour and I was I, he looked fucking bored, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And I think he obviously knew who Spencer was, massive YouTuber, millions of subs, he started Hashtag United and all that. And then he asked, he was like, are you a Liverpool fan? And I was like, yeah. And he went... And he was just dead happy yeah. to speak to me. Yeah. It was, I think, he knew Spencer was a West Ham fan, and he was going through the motions a little bit yeah. there. And you know, we've spoken to him. I met him out in America uh, on one of the tours a few years ago, and um, I think we were trying to get, uh, we were in a mix zone, and we were trying to get interviews with a lot of the Chelsea players. Come past, and Jordan saw me, remembered me, and was like, "Come straight over for an interview and stuff like that." And I'm not saying that that's coloured my view of him. I, th- I, I I will always try and judge a player for what they do on the field, but knowing that the per- he's a nice person and knowing how good he is off the field, and, and I've spoken to other players about him and they talk about how good he is, and you know he's Adam Lallana's best mate, and I've interviewed Lallana and and a few other players and stuff. They they, re- they recognise it, they respect him, and if they respect him, then I'll respect them as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I think I think people that watch Redmond will know that. You're not gonna let like what you think of him p- pr- privately affect how what you think of him professionally. Like if anyone's seen the the ratings that you gave after the Wolves game, you weren't too impressed with Henry the Hoover, yeah. with Kiana. <laughs> but then the next day you sort of you retracted it completely. You, yeah, yeah, you said yeah. no, no, okay, I was wrong. I did this. I think people like you've been saying they're just gonna beat him with whatever they can. It just. I hope we win. I hope we win the league more for the fact, apart from us winning it, just so it can be like, yeah, there you go, and yeah, captain, yeah. and we've won. Shut it. up now. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that that I always I always think like fucking people who watch the football and stuff like that, and they make these decisions. And listen, we're as bad for it as anybody. We 
we put a camera in our face and a microphone in our hand after every single game. And what we've watched during the 90 minutes of football from the cop isn't what was a fair reflection of the game. So I think it's important that you can, A, watch the game again, B, see some fucking instant replays of, of the big incidents and the big talking points, and then make a viewpoint. If you're wrong on something, just say it. I, I see so many people who just... No, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. This is what I saw. And they, and they never, they think they're never wrong. And it's like, are you mad? How are you supposed to? Rem- like my player ratings are shocking, shocking, <laughs> absolutely shocking. I get them wrong every single week. I watch the game back every single week afterwards, and I think, fucking hell, I've got them a lot wrong there. Like you know what I mean? And do you, do you go back and watch it like straight watch away? Watch every game. Do you, like, every game. Yeah, then yeah. Monday morning. It's so, like the first thing that I do before yeah. we do the final word show. And then I uh, and then I take and then I analyze the game for the stats and tactics show where I, t- I take everything at like half speed and start looking at like the players' positionings and stuff like that. Yeah. So we do a show on the website where we look at all that type of stuff. And it's too, it's too you can't remember every action of eleven players oh, over nine. ninety yeah. minutes. You just can't, yeah. and you can't take everything in. Like you know, you, you chat. I'm chanting, I'm singing, I'm, I'm shouting, yeah. and I'm supposed to remember everything that's going on in front of me. I just give arbitrary numbers. Mm. I just think, oh, I thought he's got a goal. Go ahead, I'll give him an extra yeah. mark and all that type of <laughs> yeah. stuff. And you always forget what happened in the first half, anyway. You know what I mean? And yeah. mm. speak speak to any journalist from the Echo, and, and they'll tell you exactly the same. Play ratings is just people go mad at someone for one thing that they think about a player, like AFTV. Oh, I mean, like Robbie's a mate of mine, like, and I've met all of them. Troops is absolutely sound, like, and um, there's so many of them that I know and I like, and even like Mo and Claude and all that. Like, they're all mad personalities. But the one thing that I will say about them, they're not fake. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's I, genuine, it, it, it is genuine, yeah. like, you know what I mean. And if you watch a show with Troops in the middle of the week, so after the game, it's a completely, it's a completely different thing because you're emotional after a game of football. You've been through this like fucking mad up and down, yeah. emotional yeah. roller coaster during the game that you head up, you you tense, you stress, you you high because Liverpool have just won. Twenty four hours later, I feel completely different. Yeah, so you're in the zone of you furious because Carius has just bumped it into the net and. Everyone's fuming. Then a couple of hours later, well, not a couple of hours later, maybe give it a month later. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, well, feel bad for I'm that. Still he's not getting, over that, to be fair. Like. He's getting death threats. Okay, well, we'll sort of, <laughs> we'll, we'll forgive, we'll forgive. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, just to touch on the oh, last word on Henderson, I'm going to throw my dad under the bus here. He should be listening, so he can get mad at me later if he wants. Uh, my dad made what I believe is a really stupid comment to me, oh, which right. was. How can he be captain if he's not starting? Who's Man City's captain? I say exactly. this all the That's time. Yeah. I say this all the time. Like you know, I think. Sorry. There, there are times when captains of the football club are not the first name on the team sheet, and we have been brought up on our captain being the first name on the team sheet. And it goes yeah. back to that Stephen Gerrard stuff, doesn't it? But it doesn't have to be that way. I think we've got leaders all over the pitch. Virgil Van Dijk's a leader. I think. Um, Obviously, Jordan Henderson's a leader. Allison's probably a leader. You know, you could go through the team. Firmino, in some ways, is a, is a leader, but different to someone like a Virgil Van Dijk. I think Wayne Aldum's uh, experience. What well, is the thing? You look at it and you think, okay, Van Dijk's been a captain before. We know that. Dejan Lovren's been a captain before. We know that. Genie Wayne Aldum's been a captain before. Jordan Henderson's captain in England as well as Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Mo Salah's a captain, I think, at Egypt. Yeah. Robertson. Uh, Robertson's a captain yeah. of Scotland. We've probably got about eight or nine. Fabi's been a captain at Monaco. Yeah, so we've got captains all over the field. So 
and I don't think Klopp gives a shit either. To be fair, like, do you remember that time when he gave Coutinho the captaincy, yeah, yeah. and, and everyone made a big deal out of it? And he was like, I think he went on Google mm. and searched who had the most caps for Liverpool, yeah. like who had the most appearances, yeah. and just gave it them. Yeah. James Milner's a captain. Fucking hell, I nearly forgot about <laughs> it. Like, so I just, I just don't see that it's a massive deal in, in in modern football in the way that it maybe was when your dad was a young man. Conte won the league with Chelsea's what captain of decades sat on the bench to make a league appearance in the last few months. Like, you know your captain doesn't need to start, does he? It's what he does behind the scenes more than anything, as well so, as what he does on the pitch. And I think he offers something that we don't get to see, and that's why everyone makes such a big deal of it. But, but I think you, you mentioned it in one of your videos. A lot of the players say that he relishes the captain stuff. He does, and I've heard from multiple sources as well that one of the things that the captain of Liverpool has to do, and the captain of most Premier League sides has to do is a lot more appearances on the telly and all that yeah. type of stuff. And you know, I think that that might isn't. It doesn't affect the football, ultimately, because he's not on the field when he's doing this type of stuff, but he's freeing up other lads to go and enjoy themselves and to go and concentrate on what they need to concentrate on. And you know, There are, there are times when they finish training and then from half two, they fi- the lads finish training at Melwood at like half two and he'll be there sometimes till five o'clock doing different things for different people and yeah. working for the A-Sports and whoever his boot sponsor is and whoever Liverpool want him to do something with Standard Chartered and fucking whoever the Dunkin' Donuts partner yeah, yeah. and the coffee partner and the car partner over in America and the water partner. These all want appearances from players and I think he is ha- happy to do that because yeah. it takes the weight off the other lads and I think they respect that yeah that was perfectly said to be fair I think this is a perfect way to seamlessly transition into the transfer space, uh, transfer <laughs> rumours we've been linked again with Werner that's just not going away uh, I, as much as I like all this transfer stuff I don't think we're going to sign anyone in January maybe f- sign them for summer but I don't really see anyone coming through the door right now no, I, I don't think Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool have ever intended to sign anybody. I think Klopp maybe has thought about defensive reinforcements, and I think had the injuries to Gomez and Matip been a little bit more severe, we might have seen some kind of a deal for somebody. Oh, there is that Tarkovsky link. <coughs> Tarkovsky, yeah, yeah. Is there a link apparently on loan. Where's that from? Uh, I think I saw it on Sky. Sky, well, they've got a bet site, so I don't believe a word they say. Um, they love to slash the odds or you know whatever. Yeah. But it's one of them. But I, I don't think it's the right time anyway. I think we've everybody, every Liverpool fan understands. I think that the likes of Robertson and Alex Oxley Chamberlain are the two best examples of this. Where they come into the football club and they need time to adapt and get used to Klopp's tactics. If you sign him now, he's not playing this season anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you, you just don't get the value out of January transfers that you do at the summer. Liverpool are one of the better clubs for signing players in January. Obviously, we got Virgil Van Dijk. Luis Suarez, although that was tempered with uh, Andy Carroll as well, like uh, yeah. <laughs> Coutinho as well. Wasn't yeah, so yeah. we've we've had a really good record at it, yeah. but I think these lad, these fellas who are in charge of our football club are not planning six weeks ahead. They're planning six months, a year ahead, and and yeah. I think sometimes we we get caught up in you know the, the next big thing, as it were, but. Werner could come in next year. He might be the year after. You know, I don't, I, I don't know, but there might be someone better. I mean, we had links with Lacazette for years and years and years, and we never even put a bid in for him. Mm. There is a well. Klopp did say, "Why am I going to sign someone for two weeks if he's just going to be on the bench as soon as these guys are fit?" To be fair, so we have got strength in depth. Maybe not as our, our strength in depth. So there's a bit of a gap between who we've got on the bench to who we've got starting. Um, but I like that sort of that he trusts his players. There's not enough of that. No, there isn't, and it's one of the reasons that Klopp's players, I believe, will run through a brick wall for him because, you know, as much as 
the Nathaniel Klein going out. I, you know, I've got my issues with that. But he will not keep a player there who does not want to be there. And I, I give a lot of respect and kudos to Nathaniel Klein because if Liverpool go on and win the league, he won't get a league winner's medal because he was one appeared in short. But he's gone to play for fucking Bournemouth where he's, he just wants first-team football. He's not going to win a trophy there. He, he, he maybe wants to sign break into the England squad. He's of an age where, you know, he's, he should be at the peak of his powers and he didn't want to be part of this. And that's fine. Because Klopp, I think, is a humanist first and foremost. I say this all the time, and you know, it's, Klopp being a humanist makes him a great coach for his particular style of coaching. And if he isn't true to himself, then players will see that. And I think, yes, we are a bit short at right back. Maybe Nathaniel Klein, you could argue, shouldn't have been give, given that loan spell to Bournemouth. But he trusts his players, and that that's worth something as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. yeah completely. Anyone you want to mention? Ox, Oxlade come back yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I think we've mentioned it before I can't wait for him back um, I'm, like I said I don't know if he fits in a 4-2-3-1 or where he fits in um, but I wouldn't take Salah off point at the moment I think he's doing bits as as the main striker I think if anything with the f- fluid front three like behind Salah I think he could fit in anywhere there and either way they're always interchanging aren't mm. they um, I'm not sure if I'd put him defensively because I think his his strengths are sort of carrying the ball forward for us. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see him in the, the three behind Salah, and if not, one game maybe in Europe uh, in the three in midfield. If we go back to four three three, I think he, he would be quite immense. Ne- you could, in theory, immense next to Fabi, and then maybe Wijnaldum. I'd, I'd love it. I can't wait for the buy back to be fair. It's nice to have all the options though, and he's a, he's a versatile player, and all the p- people were mentioned. They can all play in several positions, so the formation can be changed within game. If we, if depending on what how the opposition set up, obviously Klopp's football is very fluid, and people take up different positions at different times. But like Oxlade Chamberlain and the likes of Mane, they can and uh, they can all play in different positions. So it's it, it's nice to have that fluidness. Um, but we from he's going to be back apparently at the end of February. And from March onwards, we've got ten confirmed fixtures. Obviously, if we go further in the Champions League, there's more. But if he once he's back, it's going it's to be huge. Not just on the field, but in the dressing room. He's, he, Are we allowed to say he's going to be like a new signing here? Is yeah, that, yeah that, I was about to say that. Like the cliche. Yeah, but he will be. And listen, he's what he's one of those infectious personalities. I think in the squad that I think. You know, when players are out injured, you see it all the time. So, actually, I noticed it most on that. Was it that all or nothing thing in the Man City documentary? Yeah. Did you just watch that? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was superb. Like, and you could see how sort of depressed the players were who weren't involved in the squad and how they missed that sort of camaraderie with the with the other players and stuff like that because they're not with them. I think Ox will, will be getting back into the team. We've already seen him kicking a ball over in Dubai with the lads uh, this week. When he gets in there, there's going to be a feel good factor. There's going to be a little bounce. There's yeah. going to be a little juice in everybody. You know what I mean? And they're going to yeah. want to go out and perform a little bit better. And they're all going to want to start thinking about that now. By the way, because they know he's coming back, yeah. and they know how integral he was yeah, to that yeah. run last season. And they, you might just see our midfield go fuck. I don't want to lose my place here. We yeah, better he's, start he's back, yeah. stepping up. I think yeah. what gets me more excited is in the, the fact that okay, obviously played up brilliantly last year until the unfortunate injury. But how much press Liverpool are giving his recovery? Like the amount of videos that are just. Him in the gym, him getting mm. back to it. They're sort of, what's the, what's the word we're looking for? Just pumping the fans up. Like they know, okay, well, we're going to unleash him pretty soon. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And if the club are com- and Klopp's confident enough to let us get excited about it, then I can't wait. Like, I, I really just can't wait for him to just 
unleash him. It's it, it's it, it's an interesting that because I think Liverpool's YouTube channel, Liverpool's social media, has drastically improved over the last two years, and we're seeing a lot more behind the scenes stuff. I think they're the best YouTube channel on best performing YouTube channel yeah. of all the football clubs at the moment by by a country mile, and I think they should be proud of that. I think they're doing brilliantly. I love the coverage that they're giving, and I wonder whether. They're doing this for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain because it's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain or whether they're going to do this for everybody because it feels like this is the first player that they've done this for. Yeah. I don't know whether that's them just setting this as a standard now going forwards or whether it's because they want to juice everybody up and you know they want to get the fans excited for them. But either way, the result is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's feeling the love. Oh, yeah. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's going to work harder to get back into this side to perform for the fans that are absolutely made up to see him back and training. You, you must see those videos and the reactions and can't wait to have you back, lad, yeah, yeah. and everyone tagging him on Twitter. He must be there going, yes, I'm going to work twice yeah. as hard. At a time during his recovery where he probably needs it now more than ever, yeah. nobody's forgetting about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah. That is going to spare him on to get back as fast as he possibly can. He's going to walk into the changing room like a big dick in a locker room, like yeah. proper, like, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going to be shit for six weeks <laughs> and then we're going to go fucking hell like you know what I mean what's going on Alex stop fucking nailing that fine little bird of yours and, and get back playing footy for us will yeah. <laughs> Perry's uh, fit that yeah. <laughs> was it Little Unreal. Mix yeah oh my sister loves them so ah. does, yeah I think everyone <laughs> loves them fantastic everyone loves them saw her in a way you know saw her at I think it was Burnley New Year's Day last year a raggy yeah, the Ragnar right. one, yeah. So I just saw this bear and I was like, fucking hell, she's tremendous. <laughs> and then I was like, I looked around for her and she'd gone and I was like, and then all the pictures started coming off of Perry Edwards in the away and I was like, that was the bear that I was seeing <laughs> up there. I didn't even know it. Like, she's fantastic. She's even better. Right, right, right. You know, right in front of me on that. Like, she's gorgeous, mate. Reckon we can get Perry on. <laughs> Can't fight exclusive. I forgot about you can call it a transfer one apparently no extensions for Moreno or, or Studge <sighs> shocking what about Studge I know Moreno's not shocking but Studge and I don't think well, he was, he was either, either take a pay cut or gone yeah I don't know I, I think the sides move past Daniel Sturridge unfortunately I think he's worked hard over his tenure at Liverpool and but I do feel like you know, this season was his last hurrah. He made the decision to go out, was it West Bromwich Albion yeah, last yeah. season? He's come back, he's worked hard. He's not got his opportunities, although he probably deserved some opportunities. Um, and he's faded away again. And mm. listen, again, he's one of those players who he divides opinion. He's, he's a lethal finisher. Everybody knows that, but he, he's just not good enough for us if we want to win the league anymore. You know, people are clouded by the 13-14 season Annie, where he was literally electric yeah. so agile scoring goals for fun assists him and Suarez were just smashing it I think we let that cloud of what he's became like I said last week he, his game is very much based on pace and when he's lost that what does he offer I mean like I said he's a lethal finisher but once that agility's gone that pace is gone he's, not, he's very laboured he doesn't work very hard for the team even when he comes on 70th minute 20 minutes to go you don't see him making long busting runs like Firmino would in them situations and mm-hmm. I think we've like you said we've moved past them now so it's probably the best thing to move on and let, get someone in who, who's going to be more adaptable to the Klopp style because I don't think he is Klopp doesn't like specialists he just mm. doesn't like them you yeah. know what I mean I think in those forward positions 
he needs to, I don't think he can carry the, as big a squad as Manchester City because of the financial uh, restraints that seem to affect every other football club actually apart from Manchester City but you know Klopp would rather have a player that can play out left out right centre forward and maybe the number 10 at the same time Daniel Sturridge can't Daniel yeah. Sturridge is a number 9 and I think he's a number 9 who needs to be paired with somebody nowadays as well because of what you've just mentioned there about his the injuries have taken the toll on his body and stuff and he's not able to perform at the highest level I also feel like he's a little bit of a throwback to, a, to yesteryear in that you know when we were talking before about how the modern fullback's not the same as a fullback yeah. from 20 years ago Centre forwards aren't the same either. You've got mm. you've got lads like Luis Suarez, who are not only the most talented player in a Liverpool side, but he was also the hardest working. Same with Bobby Firmino and Sadio Mane and Mo Salah to a certain extent. You can't just be good, yeah. good uh, going one way anymore yeah. because the team is predicated on everybody working their arse off to get the ball back and that's the one thing that Guardiola's done with that Manchester City side he's got some of the best players in the world running through brick walls Daniel Sturridge isn't that player unfortunately yeah. he's just not going to do that but if you pair him up top with someone he'll play well he'll play off them he knows what to do he knows where the back of the net is Well Pep didn't play Aguero for a while did he because he wasn't working as hard and then he, st- he started to put the hard yards on the training field and obviously showing him and he, he, he can put do the dirty work and then he starts putting them back in but I think like you said it's it's all based on everyone needs to defend and if one person isn't defending the whole system crumbles mm. so we need we need players who are going to adhere to the, the, the rules Klopp sets otherwise you, you don't play and you're not in the squad simple as you look at the bench like quite often and he very rarely will put a full back on who can only play in one position do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you, there's games only a couple of weeks ago where Nathaniel Klein wasn't on the bench, but James Milner was, because he knows that James Milner can cover a midfield spot and a right back spot. You can't have as often Alberto Moreno on the bench because he can literally only play that one position. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he, I think Klopp re- realizes that and recognizes that, and I think the problem with Sturridge, unfortunately, is that he plays one position and he he doesn't play it as well as any of the lads on the field. Quite frankly, mm. he's just not as good. We need lads who are going to push them, who are going to maybe uh, come in and, and, and rest maybe Mane one week and maybe Bobby the next week and maybe Shakiri and stuff like that. Yeah. Sturridge isn't going to do that for you, unfortunately. Like, I, I think he's a great person. Um, I think he, he was a great, great striker for us, but the injuries have taken his toll. Yeah. Mm. toll. Before we move on to talking about you and how you got the Red Men started, just want to ask you a question that <clears throat> we've had a bit of fun with for the past couple of weeks, we had a, a, what we thought was a ludicrous statement of James Miller should play centre back. Who the fuck said that? <laughs> wasn't your dad again, was it? Because uh, I'm never talking to your dad about footy, by the way. If he said that, <laughs> it was a guy that, that uh, wrote for for the, for the site, and it was when we were going through this sort of injury crisis, and Matic was coming back, and and he thought Milner would be a better centre back than Fabi. Mm, no, don't. I don't think so. I think, listen, James Milner could probably do a <laughs> do a job there in a one-off game of yeah. football, but he's not a centre back. He's not a right back. Yeah. You know, he, he was a good left back for a year, but it's always standing. I mean, I don't think. I just think that's only things we're talking. Yeah, we had to ask. We were taking the piss out of him, so we just thought we'll ask you and see what you thought. What's his name? Oh, his Twitter name is Score Football. Yeah, it's just a running thing that we just have to get in. But now that we're just a lot of people are obviously going to listen to this just for the basis that you're on it, because uh, you such a presence regarding sort of Liverpool fans online. How did what made you sort of go? Okay, we're going to get Redmond started. 
Um, it wasn't nothing to do with me. It was Paul and a mate of mine, Aubrey, who used to come on the show a lot. Like he, he, he used to do it with us, and they were just chewing the fat over a few pints. God, probably 2007 time, maybe 2006, something like that. Like, and Paul, me and Paul have been messmates for years and years and years, going back to school. And um, Paul has always dragged me into whatever he's doing. Like, and we we made a pact years and years ago. Like one of them, like. Whatever you do, I'll look after you, and if I'm doing well, vice versa, and we'll do that type of stuff. So, you know, we started doing this together, and he's like, look, you know, I've got the idea for it and all this type of stuff, and this is what I want to do creatively, but I want you to to co-host it with me. I was like, go ahead, yeah, I'll do it. Like, And we just started sitting around on YouTube, basically. Um, We made a pilot for LFC TV. Um, We took it into them. They really liked it, but wanted to do it with one person rather than the two of us. And we were like, well, no, it's kind of a two-person deal. Mm. And then we sat on it for a little while and didn't do nothing. Um, and then we were like, should we just... YouTube came about and we were like, should we just do it ourselves? Like, we'll just we'll just borrow a camera from a mate of ours who's a, who was a director for Toxic TV back in the back in the day. Um, so we just we just started it and we started putting it on YouTube. And, God, it was shit, like It was fucking terrible. <laughs> like, I'm proud of what, we, what, what it is now, but fuck me, those early videos, we were... So I was... Fucking terrified of talking, <laughs> and it's some it's, it's, it's shocking. It's terrible. Some of the stuff that we used to do, like, but we were proud of it at the time, like you know. And um, it's mad to think how how big it's got. To be honest with you, it, it blows me away just thinking about the numbers and stuff like that, and how many people watch it. And I was saying to Matt before, you kind of paved the way, though. I think for everyone else that that that's came after you. In terms of the YouTube stuff, I think that's probably fair. We were literally the first fan channel in the world yeah. um, mm. regarding football. Um, you know, Arsenal fan TV came after us, and they've got they're just huge and stuff like that. There's so many, there's loads of bigger ones than us. But we, yeah, Paul always says it like this: it's like you 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 you, you go through a double door into a party. And it's empty, and you're kind of waiting for everybody else, and yeah. that's what it kind of felt like. There was nobody doing what yeah. we were doing at the time, and I think, you know, I love the Anfield rap. I think they're fantastic, and they, and they work so hard, and they're so good at what they do. Like, they came about a year after us, but they were they would have been coming regardless of us. I think, I think, you know, the, yeah. the conversations that they were having they will have started well before us and stuff like that. But there's so, that's the thing about the Liverpool scene. There's so many good podcasts. There's so many good writers and. It's just something about this football club and, and this city. You know, it's a creative city, but it's an inclusive city. It doesn't matter where you come from. I think a lot of the time, and you know, people seem to fall in love with the city. Where are you from? Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Yeah. Sometimes it does matter where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> but people fall in love with the city, like, and there's so much to talk about. We're so passionate about the club, aren't we? And I think, listen, there's loads of people out there that fucking hate me. Mm. There's loads of people that think I'm a tit, and that's fine. You know what I mean? I am a tit. I know that, like, and. I'm just a lad talking about football, like you usual lads yeah, talking yeah. about football. We have our good opinions, we have our bad opinions, we're right sometimes, we're wrong a lot. Um, I think the thing is, we, we've we been doing it a long time now, I like to think we've improved over the years and people seem to enjoy it. The, 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 the global scale of Redmen blows me away. It's mad, like, it's, it's, it's just, I'm not like, um, I'm, a, you, I'm actually a really shy person. Hmm. Like, if you got me in a group in a pub in town and started talking to me, I would not be like, in your face and stuff, yeah, yeah. but I'm comfortable talking about Liverpool because I love it so much, yeah. you know what I mean? But if you ask me like other stuff, I'm quite shy. Like, yeah. I think the thing for me is that I talk to a camera a lot and my mates, yeah. and I kind of don't think about what I'm saying, yeah. and I kind of don't realise how many people are going to watch it. So people come up to me and like, I feel like I know you, lad. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I tell that much yeah. shit about my life on, on camera <laughs> and stuff like, and I kind of forget that I spout so much shit. Like, I think, fucking hell, I need to stop telling these stories <laughs> about about what's happened in me and stuff like that. But it's my, like, I can't forget what the question was. I've been rambling for so long, so apologies. It, it's nuts, but I fucking love it. Yeah. You feel like it's helped you grow like, as a person? Like, you've, you've seen, you've been able to sort of grow with the channel? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think a lot of the time you can grow as a person by things that you've fucked up and we've fucked up so much when it's come mm. to Redman like we've made so many bad decisions over the years but the biggest decision that we had was whether to make, try and make it a business or not and it sounds terrible when you say it like that but we live off Redman now you know it's our full time air quotes job yeah. and air quotes <clears throat> it's not it's a passion project still yeah. we do it because we absolutely love it and we do it because we absolutely hated what we used to do and I think that was the biggest fear factor for us is and you do get the occasional one going, oh, but you just make money off Liverpool fans and it's like we don't think of it like that we yeah. we are making money off Liverpool fans but we're also providing something that I think people like yeah but you're not forcing anyone to pay are you no but we would if we could yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, perfect. <laughs> that should be the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next oh. match ratings. Yeah, we're gonna make you. You've got to pay for this one. Yeah. I'm watching. <laughs> but we're terrible at that. Like you know what I mean. We I think like we give so much. Uh, like we we think of the content behind the paywall and stuff, and you know people do pay to listen to us talk about footy, which just in and of itself is nuts. But there's so much on YouTube that you actually there's probably enough that you don't need to pay, mm. and we're fine with that as well. You know what I mean? And I quite like the fact that loads of people get to see what we're doing because creatively, when you make something that you're proud of and usual notice, you want as many people to see it as possible because yeah, yeah. you want to be proud of it. Like it, we we had a thing where I think it was five thousand subs when we made the website, five thousand subs on YouTube, not five thousand paying subs. Fucking hell! Um, <laughs> and I got a personal loan out. A five figure, let's say, hmm. bought the website. My wife went ahead with with me getting a personal loan to buy the website and and everything, and, and like a hundred and fifty people, two hundred people signed up, and I was like, what the fuck have we done here? Like, yeah. I have just spunked the shit on the money on this bad boy, <laughs> and I'm and I'm basically pissing this down the drain. Like, and we worked hard for a long time to try and get it to a point, and you know, thankfully, people on YouTube did back us um, because it is literally the only reason we, we're still doing what we do is because of those website subscribers because people think YouTube ads good money it's not it's fucking it's, mm. not, it's not good you're not, you're not really allowed to talk about how much you make and stuff on YouTube it's in the terms and conditions but we wouldn't be going and I think people there are, there are a section of people that would be gutted about that um, because they do like us and you know because we've become almost part of their weekly match routine you know, some people go watch the game, watch our previews, watch the game. They watch. They might listen to your podcast. They might listen to the rap or the Anfield index. I, th- I like to think that we're enriching some, uh, enriching. Yeah, I, well, before the matches, obviously, I wake up and I've got to make myself lunch or whatever. I'll put you guys on, like on the TV, on, on the, like the PlayStation, put you two on, and just listen to what you guys are saying before, just because it's something to listen to, and it's a lot of the time it's opinions I have. It's just sort of good to know that I'm not thinking absolute crap. Because other other Liverpool fans are thinking the same. I think it's just fans want to know what other fans are thinking. Yeah. And you guys have like this elevated platform that I think a lot of us fans think of you guys as like 
something else, if you get what I mean. Uh, it's not me. We're just exactly the same. We watch the same games, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just opinions, isn't it, at the end of the day? And um, Yeah, we've probably got a bigger platform than most people. And we've been doing it probably a little bit longer than most people. But we're not the best, mm. you know what I mean? We aspire to be the best. Um, and one day, hopefully, we, we will be the best and whatever. But it, that's what it is. We're just mates talking about footy. Just like you, when you talk with your mates, or Mickey you talk with yeah. your mates, that's all it is. And I think some people like us, some people don't like us. That's fine. You know, ultimately, it's about we're talking about something that we, we all love. And it's nice to have your opinion validated every now and again. I think, you know, I recognise that when I listen to podcasts, you know, about Liverpool and stuff, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great point. Or, no, that's not a, not a good point. Or, oh, that's an interesting angle that I've not thought about before. Yeah. And I think you, you can almost enrich yourself and your views on football by listening to more people. Because I think the people who ultimately are steadfast in their opinions are the ones that are the hardest to change their mind of. And that might be okay for them. But there are loads of people around the world who don't have what we have. They don't live dead close to Anfield. They don't have people to talk about football with because other people. Like I watch American footy, and it's only the last few years that I've actually known people that want to talk about yeah. it. Um, you and Steve have got the Twitter yeah, page, we, haven't we, yeah, we've got yeah. the, the the YouTube channel and Twitter page yeah. and stuff covered to TV. But you know, I only knew, I only met Steve probably five or six years ago, and I knew no one, so I didn't get. To, to talk to anybody but if there was a fan channel around it yeah. I'd watch that shit yeah. because it's something that you know the world's the world's content is changing in that you can be niche and I think you know match of the day doesn't do it for me anymore like I'll skip through the analysis because I don't give a shit what two fellas don't care what my club think yeah. I'd rather listen to somebody yeah. who really gives a shit it, yeah. whether they're right or yeah. wrong and are talking about the things that matter to us and I think that's what all of everybody in this scene is doing they're talking about what they love and, and that's boss like no well perfect well I'm really glad that you came on it's been a pleasure Just before we leave one quick question sort of become another bit of the, another bit of part of the show what's your favourite biscuit Biscuit. Is it a hobnob? I do a lot of chocolate hobnobs, pretty much like God's here, isn't it? <laughs> you, you're not getting much better than a chocolate hobnob. Um, as far as a chocolate biscuit goes, maybe the Kit Kat's a decent shout. Maybe it's a little bit bog standard. Do you remember them old... Oh, what were the ones in the red and gold wrappers called? Old school, your nan would give you one. Ah, oh, like, I know what you mean, but I can't think of the name. But they, yeah, they were... The caramel they were, something yeah, or they, others, they're yeah, absolutely good, yeah. tremendous. <laughs> Well, if you're listening on iTunes, please uh, give us a review, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, get the bell on, notifications and all that. Um, and please come back next week. We've got another guest. See you then. Cheers, guys. See you later. <laughs> nice one. Network.